0: What is going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me as always is my podcasting partner, Paul. It is not a tumor! And welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, your one and only Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That is you guys. By the fans, that is us. Um, for now. For now. What do you mean, for now? Are we not going to be fans? Is that what you're saying, Paul? I don't know. Positivity, <laughs> Paul. Positivity. This is the podcast of optimism.
1: We, we might become pros. Then you can't be a fan anymore if you're a pro. Uh, oh, look at <laughs> you. I
0: like, I, like, I like the I like the hubris. Hubris? Hubris. hubris. I, can, I can never pronounce that word correctly. I don't know why. It's on my list. List of what? Words There's that words you that can't... Words
1: you that you figured out how to pronounce from reading, but you never actually heard. So you made up your own pronunciation and then pronounced it wrong forever. I always... Like uh, continuity, I pronounce continuity for years. Hmm.
0: I used to pronounce comfortable, comfortable, but that was because my mom was Filipino and had a very heavy accent, and that's how I learned, I guess. I don't know. Nobody, like, corrected me until I was, like, 20 years old either, which was really odd. Oh, my gosh. There's a girl (laughs) we went to college with that pronounced ambulance, ambience. and she couldn't – for the life of her, could never, ever, ever say it correctly. Even if you sat there and said it and then asked her to repeat it, she would still say it wrong.
1: She didn't think she was saying it differently than what we were saying. Shocking. Just truly
0: shocking. So, at any rate, that was a good tangent. Tangent, like, right off the bat. 30 seconds, buddy. I don't even think we made it that long. Um, (laughs) But, at any rate, we've got Phoenix Sun stuff to talk about. We absolutely do. Uh, Before I get into that, though, intro, outro music... As always, Oceans Over Airplanes. Check them out at OceansOverAirplanes.com, and as Paul pointed out a couple weeks ago, all over the internet, Don, whatever music interface you listen to. Right, Paul? Yes, sir. All right. So, Sun's Lost. Uh, we're recording here just shortly after the Clippers game. Uh, suns are now, what did I say before we started recording? Two and 21 Eight. over the last 23? You know, it was, yeah, no, yeah, it was two and 28 over the last 30? Yeah. I I added it up and then didn't write it down and expected myself to remember like that ever happens.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're uh, they tied their longest losing streak in team history and are probably going to break that since the next game is against the Rockets.
0: Right. And if uh, assuming they break that, they were also cap a winless month of March.
1: That is super tough.
0: I'll have to like put in post-production, as, as we say in the biz, in post-production, I'll have to put like a wah, wah, wah thing <laughs> in there. But at any rate, so are you done over there with your microphone? Like you're done. like Come on, bro. Jeez. Get at me. Tim Tompkins right now is going out of his mind because of all your rustling over there. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, what's up, Tim? Love you, buddy. Anyway, so let's, let's move away from all the losing and talk. I, can't, I guess we can't really move away from the losing because we're going to talk about how losing is setting up this team for the next season. And, uh, you know, it's something that we've been talking about and talking about and talking about. But what we want to do here today is look at the roster. Look at the roster going into next year as it stands right now and go through some of these guys, maybe not all of them, but some of them, and decide, hey, what, what, what do we think is going to happen with them going into next year?
1: Do we if want on, them back?
0: Do we want them back? If they're on an expiring, are they coming back? Uh, if there's a potential for you know moving them in a trade, could that happen? And if uh, um, anything else in between, releasing, you know, extending guys out, buyouts, whatever the case might be. So we're gonna go through that. Yeah. And then we'll chat a little bit about, about uh, the Ryan McDonough interview from – what was it on? Gambo today? Gambo yeah, and Ash? Yeah. Gambo, Gambo and Burns. I still call it Gambo and Ash, and I think Ash has been gone for like six years. But I still call it Gambo and Ash.
1: Yeah, I and don't. it's not Gambo and Burns because it's, Burn, it's Burns and Gambo. Hmm. Hmm.
0: I wonder how that worked out. I feel like the Gambo should get the the first name.
1: I, I think it's just whatever rolls off the tongue better.
0: I kind of like Gambo and Burns. Like the Would that be like, say, Gambo Wolf and Doug. Burns. No, I feel like that Doug and Wolf sounds right. Gambo and Burns still sounds right to me. But okay, again, tangents. Anyway, let's go through this. Um, we'll 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 talk about that McDonough interview where he discussed the coaching search and where it's at and where it could be going and most importantly what has been discussed internally in terms of finances when it comes to that, which I know. Yeah. Uh, Finance is always a concern for Suns fans, even though, as the president of the Robert Sarver Fan Club, unofficial Robert Sarver Fan Club, maybe the sole member, uh, I, I still stand by my years and years and years you're of not just the, uh, the opinion that you're also that, a member. That, that he's, uh, he's, he's not necessarily cheap. Made some bad moves, sure, but cheap, you know. Eh. Well, that's a discussion for another day. Yes. So, all right, roster. Suns roster going to the next season. Uh, and, and and I, to an extent, I'm going to say we look at this kind of in a vacuum because obviously who's here, who's not here, a lot of that is going to have, uh, is going to rely on what happens during the offseason in terms of the draft, in terms of, um, you know, free agency, which is in part dependent on the draft, et cetera, et cetera. But again, as we sit here right now in a vacuum, what's going to happen with some of these guys? First of all, From my perspective, and Paul, I think we, to a certain extent, share this belief. I think there are two guys on the Suns' team that are untouchable.
1: Pretty much, I mean, there, there's. We're looking to get a core of like three guys to kind of build around, and we know there's one. We have some very positive um, evidence that we have our second. So now and then, there's obviously the draft. Hopefully, get our third.
0: Are you avoiding saying their names for any particular reason, or suspense? <laughs> Paul, do you want do you want to do you want to share with all of the listeners out there who these two individuals that you speak
1: of are? Tyler Ulys and Alex Len <laughs> and Jack Harrison. <laughs> 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 that one-two punch, baby.
0: Get ready for another eight years of losing, Sun <laughs> yes.
1: No, you know what I mean Booker and Jackson.
0: Yeah, Booker and Jackson. Booker. Uh, yeah, we can stop discussing anything about him uh, and him going anywhere. You know, pending uh, a, a contract extension, and hopefully, you know, him wanting to stick around, which I think he does. Um, but Jackson's I think the other
1: one. I think we'd have some some rumblings of some kind if he was dissatisfied.
0: Right, right. And and we haven't heard him yet. And and he seems to be, I think we've discussed this before, the type of guy that has a good head on his shoulders. He recognizes that this is a process. He's not, at least as far as we've heard, getting impatient with things and whatnot. But I think that's only obviously going to go so far. So this offseason, needless to say, is a huge one for the Phoenix Suns. And I don't know, the biggest one that I I really can remember I mean, think of a bigger off season in recent memory or even
1: ever. The uh I don't know, the 2004 off season, but I don't think we went into that with well, like the like expectation that it had to be a big off season. It you mean the
0: 2004 up- off season when Robert Sarver decided that they should bring back Steve Nash that one? Yeah. Sorry, just just, you
1: know, pushing my <laughs> Robert Sarver
0: fan club thing again. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, but like you said, there weren't exactly expectations going to that. I mean, that team that made the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. They were not expected to make it that year. I think, you know, obviously Steve Nash was uh Dallas let Steve Nash walk away and come to the Suns. They obviously didn't see uh what became of Steve, Steve Nash happening. And I, I don't think that was nearly as big an offseason because it wasn't kind of this, you know, crossroads for a franchise. Right. We're sitting here, like we said a couple weeks ago, on an eight-year playoff drought. We're sitting yeah. here put behind schedule a bit by that one fluky year. But at the same time, we're now four years, five years into this, you know, quote-unquote rebuild. We've got Devin Booker, who's seemingly a cornerstone-type player. We have Josh Jackson, who's certainly looking like he's going to be the Josh Jackson that we expected him to be when the Suns drafted him and not the Josh Jackson we saw in the first half of the season. Right. And now this offseason, looking at a number, uh, another high draft pick, um, looking at a coaching change, this really is a crossroad for this team because if they blow this offseason and we end up treading water or maybe minimally appro- improving next season – that's I'm a huge really can't blow. get
1: much worse <laughs> I
0: know I, I guess that's an optimistic point of view but uh, I feel
1: like but yeah, yeah I you're, mean there's, you're setting there's up the expectations jinx. that this team is going to show significant improvement this year maybe not be competing for the playoffs just yet but not competing for a top seed.
0: I don't want to be checking Tankathon every week or every day yeah. at this time next year. Speaking of which, the Suns, after Memphis foolishly won another game tonight, sit two and a half games in first place in the
1: Tankathon race. This is the first time in Suns history <clears throat> that the Suns are the worst team in the league. Is,
0: is, is, I, mean, I think it is. I guess that would make sense because I don't. We've least, never... it, at
1: least in lottery history.
0: Sure, and and you know, speaking of lottery, I know I mentioned this to you the other day, um, and I tweeted this out the other day, and I on stole fan the it flames from NBA. from fan the flames NBA at fan the flames NBA. I think that was the one tweet that went out on, on it this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there was another one, but I did it on accident. I thought I was going <laughs> from my own account, but at any rate. Last three years, the number the, the team with the highest odds to get the number one pick has gotten the number one pick in the NBA draft. So you know what that means, Paul. Yeah. We're not getting the number one pick. I mean, no. And, we and can't have nice things. I know. We can't have nice <laughs> things. I know I say podcast of optimism. That's obviously a very pessimistic outlook, but it just seems to be falling in, in, in that direction. But you know what? I'm gonna keep moving forward and assume that I'm wrong and assume that that little pattern is gonna hold on for at least one more year. So okay. Anyway, back to this roster and the potential moves. Who might be around next year? Who might not be? Jackson, like we said, I, I find him untouchable. Uh, Paul, I know before we started recording, you said you know he he could be he could be had depending on who he's, who's 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 going out and who's coming in return. You mentioned Kawhi Leonard. If he's healthy, then okay, maybe I'll say he's not hes not untouchable or he is – yeah, he's not untouchable. Well, double negative. So we got those two guys out of the way. Unlikely to be moved, at least from my perspective, uh, Brandon Knight. Remember, he's still on the Suns. Yeah. Apparently wore a uniform yeah. the other day, so that's cool. Good okay. for not like in a game, I don't think, but I don't know.
1: <laughs> <coughs> excuse me apparently but, he i think i did i see a picture of him like taking in a naz Suns game i i don't know paul did you i saw i think so <laughs> okay sitting sit courtside chilling with the naz Suns.
0: well hey good you know i'm good so look at him showing some solidarity with his uh his his g league uh, affiliate there um but Coming off the injury, uh, coming off of a couple of seasons where, well, they were either injury riddled or he kind of underperformed or performed well and only in short spurts. Don't see them being able to move him as far as a trade would go during the offseason. I don't see them releasing him and extending him or anything like that either. I want to say extending. I mean like extending the release, not giving him another contract extension because that's not going to happen. So I think he's going to be around. (coughs) So now let's get to people that actually are. Not going to be on our contract. Alex Len. Sayonara. Bye bye. Yeah. I think we can all agree that Alex Len is pretty much as good as, as gone. And, you know, he was interviewed, it was last week, and he said he's already looking forward to free agency. Um, just to read a quote there, he said, Quote, I'm looking forward to this offseason. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting. It's the first time I'm actually going to have a chance to go where I want to go. End quote. I think we can all read between the lines there and see that he's already looking forward to moving his career along to another team. But perhaps from that interview, my favorite quote was, I think I can step out and shoot mid-range. This year, Jay did not want me to shoot at all, so I just played my role. Wherever I go, I can space out to mid-range, and I can knock knock that shot down. Paul, what do you think about that?
1: The shot looks good. Just doesn't go in, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, ever. Like what we he says in
1: five years of history on that.
0: Yeah. History would dictate that he cannot knock that shot down, unless he means like knock it down like it flies at a. If the rim and just yeah, rate of speed at the rim and then gets knocked down to the floor, perhaps. But I thought that was a little. Uh, <laughs> a little humorous especially in light of the fact that Paul I think you've probably been the more vocal one of us in this podcast about Len just having to kind of stick to what he's capable of doing and stop trying yeah. to step out and maybe you should take it as a sign that Triano is saying that to him and he's had you know ups and downs but has has had you know a decent year a uh, better year than last year I would say
1: yeah i mean i was there was i mean there were points in this year where we talk about like do we want to would we want to bring him back. I mean, he had ebbs and flows the of the season and I think to be honest, I'm rooting for him to get somewhere where he can get be comfortable and actually have support and maybe turn into something that's serviceable in the NBA. I mean, it could just be that with all the turmoil in Phoenix, he just didn't didn't have that solidified like Everybody was telling him to do something different.
0: Yeah, and he's gone through like 14 coaches in his five years. So, you know, it's understandable that there's not exactly going to be a steady increase in abilities because of that lack of continuity. Um, But regardless, um, we'll talk a little bit more later about the coaching search and hopefully some continuity comes in to this franchise over the next few years. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So okay, Len, <clears throat> excuse me, bye bye, gone. He's 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 out of here. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. So the other guy that has an expiring contract is the newest member, Well, second newest member, I guess, because we got Shaquille Harrison now of the Suns, and that's Alfred Payton or is Payton was that after Shaquille Harrison came irrelevant? Alfred Payton, Paul. What do you think? He's 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 a free agent. He's got a four million dollar for something qualifying offer, I believe.
1: Yeah, and his cap holds something like his cap nine. holds like ten, though. Yeah, nine. That that's really where the issue comes in. Is that cap hold can be a could be a hindrance to the Suns' um, free agent moves. It doesn't mean they can't sign him. To something you know, re- like release the cap hold, and then sign whoever it is they want to sign, and then get him with like a very various exception or something, or bring him into other into a smaller amount of cap space, or sign him early to something cheap. But do I want him back? I based on like the on-off numbers and whatnot, he has not been good for the Suns.
0: Right. I mean, at you take you, you take away. Alfred Payton, the first, you know, half dozen games that he had with the Suns, he's been pretty deplorable, and half dozen games might actually be giving him a little bit extra rope because maybe right. it was maybe it was just the first
1: game. <clears throat> so I I saw a stat and I'm, you know, with my half-assed stats because I don't know the exact numbers, but I saw it on Twitter that somebody said that. In the games that neither Peyton or Greg Monroe has played, the Suns were like just below 500. Mm-hmm. And the entire reason we have a shitty record is because the games either one of those guys played in.
0: Uh, you said Greg Monroe and who – I'm sorry. I totally was not paying attention Peyton. to you. Oh, oh, I probably should have but assumed that. Yeah. I don't know. You go on tangents. Maybe you're talking about somebody else just randomly. I don't know.
1: Yeah. So, Cannon. <laughs>
0: I poor guy. I hope he's. I hope. I hope he fully recovers from that injury. That was gnarly. But at any rate, yeah. I mean, based on based on what I've seen of Peyton as of late, I'm I'm saying no, no. He's not going to come back um, because ultimately, is he really bringing that much more than you know a, a Tyler Eulis is right now? I would say probably not. And if you're you know obviously we don't know where the suns are going to be in terms of point guards And again i said look at this in a vacuum and here i go on a tangent about how it's going to be dependent on what they do in the offseason but if the suns through the draft well it probably have to be through the draft because there's really not a lot of options there in free agency
1: right and that but, that's the thing that makes me wonder if maybe he will come back is just the, the options are so shitty to bring in somebody else even at like a backup role like so like let's say we end up drafting, like, like a Colin Sexton or the guy out of Kentucky who I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, and we need to develop them, so they're getting the backup minutes. And it's, al- it's almost like in, where you have like the quarterback in the NFL who, who you have the, have the guy who's going to play while the other guy develops. So you bring in the guy who just is a, a placeholder, and that's what Peyton could be, like a placeholder starter until – Sexton or Kentucky guy, again, still don't remember his name, um, develops enough that they can take over the starting position and then kind of like what they wanted to do with Chandler and Len that never materialized. Shy Gildress Alexander, just yes. FYI. I, I knew it was something like right.
0: that. I, and can, I, can I just interject and say that your analogy of the NFL, I think, is you know, about 15 years old at this point because that's not really the way anymore. I think it should be. I, th- I think it should still be the way in the NFL, but, uh, the last, the, I swear the last quarterback I remember actually going through that process was Phillip rivers <laughs> <laughs> when that actually sat for a significant amount of time. Cause he didn't start at all. You know, he barely played his rookie year, but okay. Again, I digress, but go on.
1: I just, just from the standpoint of, if we need a placeholder point guard while our, A rookie point guard grows and develops into the starting role. We can definitely do worse.
0: Now the the issue I see with that is this, and I was kind of getting at it, and that is how much more value is Alfred Payton bringing to the Suns right now than Tyler Eulis, right? Right. And Tyler Eulis is you know even if Payton comes back on a qualifying offer four and a half million bucks, he's still three million dollars more expensive than Eulis is going to be next year. And ultimately, again, with Knight coming back, you have to, you know, in a vacuum, kind of assume that Knight is going to perhaps slide into that starting point guard that position. That is the other thing. I
1: keep forgetting about Knight. Yeah. It, it's so, like he's so out of sight, out of mind that you just forget that he's going to be on the roster <laughs> and he's going to need minutes. And who who knows? He may actually come in and play really well against next to Booker. Right. You know, I mean, from that standpoint, yeah. I mean, you've got Knight who can definitely, at the very least, fill in that role. And Eulis has actually been playing really well the last uh, couple weeks um, in that backup and in the spot starting roles. I mean, what, what did he put up tonight? Like, what would you say, 23?
0: Yeah, he had 23. Um, I closed it. He had 23. Yeah, 23. Three rebounds, two assists. Obviously, the playmaking could use a little bit of uh, uh, help, but uh, I said, yeah, I said two assists. But hey, Josh Jackson had five, so we have that going yeah, that. Yeah, somebody us. got him. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so you know, if if you're looking at it, like looking just at Peyton and Eulis comparing those two, what they bring to the team and how much it's likely going to cost to bring Peyton back versus how much. Euless has already signed for on that rookie deal. He's like one and a half million bucks. And if you're talking Andy's, about a placeholder, then it's, you know, it's Euliss. As much as we've not been very impressed. highly speaking of Eulis <laughs> this year, there's a good sentence. Um, we haven't been very high, high on Euless this year. He, again, comparatively speaking, it's not like there's this huge gap between him and Alfred Payton, at least as we've seen peyton playing as of late
1: right i mean we've got and you've got shaq harrison in there too who would you can take some of those minutes who had who just recently signed to a deal so he's a guy i don't see going anywhere um really unless you know something crazy happens right but i mean he's really an end of the bench guy anyways yeah although he
0: although again speaking of a guy who played well tonight he uh Put up 17 on 6-12 shooting, four steals. Somebody played some defense at least. Four rebounds, two assists. So, yeah, I mean, again, (laughs) relatively speaking, it's not like there's this gigantic Grand Canyon-sized gap between uh, those guys that would really warrant um, paying more or at least that much more um, for... Peyton, uh, compared to bring him back. But again, we've got how many games left here, Paul? Seven.
1: Fourteen. We have that uh, many still? Yeah. But we have a whole month of April,
0: basically. Let's see there. Uh, 66. Yeah, they got 16 games left. Um, and that's me doing quick math. No, I'm a, I'm horrible at math. They have like five games left. No, that's also wrong. I'll do my math over here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, let's. I thought it was
1: like eight games.
0: Yeah, at they're at 19 and 57, which puts them at, what, that's 76 games, so they have six games left. Right? Is that math right? Right. You're the CPA, dude.
1: not a lot left. I have a calculator for a reason, man. (laughs) Fair fair (laughs)
0: enough. Um, I should have brought my seven-year-old daughter in here. She could have done that faster. Yeah. At any rate, so let's move on. So the next guy who I find intriguing in terms of this discussion, not so much because he's potentially going to be waived or he could, you know, he's in a walkie or anything like that, but is uh, Tyler Warren, Tyler Warren, <laughs> TJ Warren. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we, we've said before, I think maybe we mentioned this or I mentioned this on the Megapod, that outside of the draft picks that the Suns have, Warren really has to be one of their more valuable pieces if you're talking about potentially doing some sort of trade, sign and trade, Ray. whatever the case might be. Um, outside of you know a guy like Booker or Jackson, so my gut tells me Warren's going to be on this team next year. Uh, but I, at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if some sort of move is worked out uh, in a sign and trade, like for an Aaron Gordon, perhaps, right. or or, or uh, you know
1: somebody else out there. Uh, okay, just a quick tangent. Gut feeling how different do you think the team's gonna be next year <laughs> like how many new players are going to be on this team including rookies yes there's only
0: 15 I, spots I, I, w- I would say I would say between three and
1: four that's it yeah
0: I think I, I think that I a lot of a lot of people lot are talking time. about a ton of turnover with this team. I don't know that I see there being a ton of turnover. I don't think that the Suns, and, and, and again, maybe maybe a trade happens, but I don't think the Suns are ready to fully give up on Chris or Bender. Um, Dudley and Chandler perhaps could be moved or could be released, or maybe Dudley retire or something will happen. Um, but I, I just don't see a lot of options out there in terms of uh, – Free agency, because I think Max, you're going to see when it comes to the draft is having you know two guys that come onto this team and are regulars on the team. Maybe it'll be a second rounder that has a two way contract or whatever. Right. But I I don't see the Suns keeping three three first round draft picks. Assuming they end up with three, I think they'll end up keeping two guys that that come out of the first round somehow. And then outside of that, I can see perhaps you know a sign and trade for. I mean, you know, a guy like like. Gordon, which would perhaps then necessitate, you know, a Chris or a Bender going out as well. But I don't know who else the Suns are really going to bring in or have an opportunity to bring in.
1: I mean, it, what do you it, think,
0: it, Paul? Obviously, you think my number is low.
1: I think your number is low. I think that I think McDonough's kind of in a make or break year. We know what this team is for all intents and purposes know what this team is capable of with the as the roster is currently constructed he I don't see him being able to like really confidently go into next season expecting significant improvements with what we have currently I mean we I know we've got we've got Booker we've got Warren or Jackson we've got Warren we'll have our top pick. I don't know what we'll even be able to expect from the top pick,
0: but if it's DeAndre Ayton, I would just say we can expect a whole lot. That is a it, record. That took me almost thirty minutes.
1: <laughs> I was wondering when that was going to pop up, but um, I can see like a lot of different guys move being moved because I know we the team is ho- horrible at defense, so there mm-hmm. definitely need to be some moves made there to improve that i mean obviously coaching and scheme can help that to an extent but there's some moves that can be made there also three-point shooting we're outside of got some guys like booker or and and uh troy daniels we really don't have much else of that mm-hmm. either so those are two areas that the team really needs to improve on to really compete in the, today's nba and So I can see there being some significant moves that way. I mean the the team is positioned in a way that they can shed some salary relatively quickly and relatively painlessly in those larger contracts like Chandler and Dudley because they're both expiring now. So it's not like you have to over-overpay to get somebody to take it on because it's just going to be off the books after a year. And they're Mm -hmm. both contributors still. I mean they may not be the greatest contributors for what they're being paid, but they're both contributors.
0: I love Jared Dudley, but I don't know that I would call him a contributor anymore.
1: He doesn't do a lot negative on the court. He's not putting up numbers like he did, but he's not he's I feel like he's a net positive comparatively. Okay. We'll d- agree d- to disagree, d- I guess. <laughs> So that (laughs) that salary can be shed and that can open up a lot of cap space to allow for a lot of different types of moves, whether it's trades, whether it's signing guys in free agency. I can see there being a lot of calculated roster turnover. And whereas in the past it's been about accumulating assets, now it's actually like, okay, we have these two guys or these three guys who have X skill sets. What do we need to build around them to make this an actual team rather than just a cluster of players, which is what the team's been for the last couple of years?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you, you very well could be right. Um, and maybe, you know, look, I think we just found a topic for the next podcast, Paul, um, which would actually make sense because as we're getting closer to the end of the season, we start looking, uh, you know, we've already talked about some of the draft stuff. We start looking a little further forward into free agency. And, you know, we could definitely sit down and do a little bit more of an analysis of what types of guys would be out there in free agency or potentially through trades uh, that could, you know, create a larger roster turnover. Um, but I see your point And how many, it was okay. So, but wait, I gave you a number. What's your number then? Because I was going to say, I'll, I'll trend towards your number, but then you didn't give a number, so I can't really do that.
1: I'd say I could easily see seven. New Seven? Yeah. Hmm. Well, so, I mean, if you think about it, like let's say, you know, Len's going to be gone. Well, here, I'll back it up. Who do I think is still going to be on the team might be an easier way to go. Obviously, Booker, Warren, Ulysses, Williams, Harrison <laughs> – Daniels. Did I say Warren?
0: I, don't I, know. I, I, I zoned out. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you, you you said Warren. Yeah. And that's uh, what I, I, was, I was wondering. Okay. So Booker, Jackson,
1: Eulis, Harrison. Williams.
0: You say Harrison too? Harrison, Williams, Daniels. So that's six.
1: Yeah. And I'm 50 50 on where Warren's going to be. I could see him being on the team, but I can also see him gone in a bigger move. Other okay. than that, I don't, six and a half. I, so you I think could Chris see it, and Bender
0: will both be gone. I could see it happening, but I, but I, that's not, that's not the question, Paul. Let me, let me, let me kick okay. into the lawyer mode here. I didn't ask you if you could see it happening. I could see anything happening except for Booker being traded,
1: I, but I do you think I, they'll both be gone? I don't think they'll both be gone, but I don't want to, I can't say which one I think will be the one here.
0: Okay. So let's 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 assume okay, that. So, so you, one of Booker, you're at seven and a half 15. now. If we're including Warren as a half, because it's a fifteen-man 15 roster. So I think they have fourteen guys right
1: now signed, but they have fifteen slots. Right. So
0: they don't necessarily they, have to fill all
1: fifteen. They don't. They have to have a minimum of thirteen. So I'm at seven and a half. So yeah, okay. So yeah, six seven.
0: So then you think both Chandler and Dudley will be gone too?
1: I think they could be. Yeah.
0: I feel like I think before. Are, I feel yeah. like before we record, we have to go. Maybe we have to go over this a little more specifically. You're being very. You're being very wishy washy with it, Paul.
1: I I think that McDonough is going to be aggressive this year, and I think that means that guys like Dudley and Chandler are. So are you odds saying you think
0: Chandler and Dudley will be gone?
1: Yes. Oh, there you go.
0: Thank you. Thank you. That's all. That's all I was asking. Um, I don't. I don't see both those guys going. I mean, unless if Dudley retires, it's it's a little bit different of a story. Um, but again, you still have a very young team, and I. Well, I don't think Dudley's a contributor on the floor as long as he's not a malcontent, which there's no indication that he is outside of the fact that he doesn't uh, respond to Dave on um, Twitter anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and 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 in his interviews as of late, he's certainly spoken like he's anticipating being on this team next year. So is
1: Chandler, right? Um, Seeing as but, he gives players nicknames, horrible, <laughs> horrible nicknames. Right, right. So he called <laughs>
0: he called you said he called Booker and Jackson Batman and Robin. Yeah, and and you know, I I mean, I guess I I see the analogy, but isn't that kind of like insulting towards Jackson? And I'm not saying that he's better than Booker. I'm just saying like. I don't think a guy wants to ever be called a Robin – yeah, NBA player the, ever wants to be called a Robin to somebody's Batman, especially yeah, based on – know, he wants to
1: be the sidekick. Right. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a rough one. I, I prefer Chip and Dale, <laughs> the Rescue Rangers. Uh,
0: when, when, when you say that, the first thing that pops into my mind was that Chris Farley skit from Saturday Night Live <laughs> with Patrick Swayze. So I'm, happy, kind of shipping, I'm yeah. happy you clarified <laughs> because <laughs> um, Yeah. at any rate, okay. Well, I think we, your, your tangent actually just ended up jettisoning us right through the conversation. Okay. I mean, we, we, we've covered pretty much all the guys on, on the roster at this point. So, wh- Well done. So you think well, there's going to be? What do you say? Like, so you think there's going to be like? I think eight, half the roster half is guys? Be
1: I think half the roster is going to be different.
0: Okay. Well, I think I, I think a uh, what will end up happening is probably realistically, I think it'll fall somewhere in the middle, maybe. But again, I'd say we table that that particular discussion, and and perhaps we come back next week. Or the week after, depending on how much prep time it requires and how much diligent research we have to do. (laughs) And maybe we come back and we actually make a prediction as to who's on this roster next year. Like, I mean, including players that are not on the team right now. You know what I mean? That could be fun. Yeah, that absolutely could be fun. I'll come back with like a dream team. Like, yeah, so you didn't know. You didn't know this, but Golden State's actually um, not going to bring Durant back. Um, And so he'll probably come to the Suns and then – anyway.
1: All right. Any last thoughts on that, And Anthony Davis really wants out of New Orleans and they'll just take the bare minimum to get rid of him because he's just awful.
0: Sarver has actually on the down low been building a time machine. So he's going to go pick up young Jordan and bring him back to the future here and um, put him on the Suns. It's going to be
1: sweet. And he's also going into the future and getting LeBron's kid.
0: (laughs) You know, speaking of players kids, and this is actually neither a player, uh, nor, nor is kid. this kid nor is this kid a basketball player. But did you see on Barstool the other day they had um, a, a picture of, I, I want to say it was a Vander Holyfield's son? No, who was it? Oh shit, now I can't remember. It might have been Holyfield's son. It was some athlete's son who's a running back for Georgia. And the the kid is just – he looks like – remember back when Baylor had that one dude who was on the sidelines and everyone thought his picture was Photoshopped because he was so huge and ripped and he looked terrifying? Yeah. It's like another version of that dude. I'm going to find out who that was um, while well, you say something and segue into <laughs> our next conversation topic.
1: I think there was another thing. I think it was also on Barstool that I saw where like – it was a, I, I'm completely blanking on who it was, but they, it was a, it's a basketball player and they're like, well, this guy has He-Man arms cause he, his arm was like giant and ripped. And I put it like next to like one of those like toy He-Man arms from our youth. And I'm like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> and I was like, those arms are ginormous
0: you 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 absolutely did not segue into our next conversation topic, but
1: I forgot what our next conversation topic was.
0: <laughs> we only have two of them <laughs> oh
1: yes, um anyway, yeah. hold on
0: no it was it was Holyfield's son elijah holyfield um he he's he's a very intimidating looking young man. I'll leave it at that All next right. conversation topic, next topic of conversation, oh, Paul, gee. I'm gonna go ahead and do it since you failed miserably. I love you though
1: I'm not the one. Uh, I thought you just wanted me to fill time.
0: (laughs) No, I specifically said segue, Paul. Okay. Okay. Anyway, today on Burns and Gambo, not Gambo and Burns, nor Gambo and Ash, Ryan McDonough was interviewed. And the topic of the Sun's head coaching search came up. And obviously,
1: they should have have done Burns and (laughs) Ash. Ash is like selling insurance now, dude. I know, but it burns in ash. I mean, think about that from, like, a naming standpoint. Yeah, when you well, burn something, it becomes ash.
0: I feel like perhaps we should reach out to Ash and see if he wants to be on Fanning the Flames with us.
1: <laughs> hey,
0: hey. Are, are we done with that now? I think so. Can I continue before no. I was so rudely interrupted?
1: That's what I do.
0: So uh, as we all know, we've seen the reports out of the Sons have already started the search. Uh, From what McDonough said today, they've gone out to all the agencies that are representing coaches and whatnot and said, you know, give us your lists and we're looking for someone obviously, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But the one thing that has been spoken about quite a bit is the need for the Suns to actually open up the checkbook for their next head coach. Because as we all know, they don't exactly have a track record of paying a lot for their head coaches. And, I mean, you look at the Kerr situation, although I think that was a little bit that had to do with his staff and all of that as well. Um, but then they've had, you know, the, the coaches they've had as of late have been amongst the lowest paid in the league.
1: Right. Like so con- consistently.
0: Consistently. So in that regard, McDonough said, uh, you know, that's something we've discussed with Robert. And our ownership group and those guys are fully committed to hiring the best coach we can get whether that's Jay Triano or somebody else that we talk to through the interview process, the finances are not going to be a determining factor. We'll spend a significant amount of money if, and when we find the right guy. So I, you know, I I think that first of all shows a sense of self-awareness within the Suns organization, because you've got Uh McDonough coming out here right now before there have really been any, names that have been officially linked with the job besides Jay Triano, obviously he's going to get at least an interview, Right, coming out and saying, we're going to spend the money to get who we want. Now, I guess on the back end of that, they could say, yeah, hey, this really low paid guy is who we wanted. So it just worked out perfectly. But I think, you know, it's showing the fans that there's, there's a commitment from the front office to pay to get somebody. And, you know, we, we've talked about Fizz, David Fisdale, on this podcast a number of times, uh, not just because he's a fellow graduate of the University of San Diego, but also because uh, I think we both agree that he would be a good fit on this team. Right. But we and and, recognize and that he's going to, we recognize he's going to cost money in order to bring him in. And he's probably not only going to be getting an interview with the Suns.
1: Right. Yeah, he's he's definitely a hot name on the coaching circuit. I mean, we don't we don't know yet how many openings there are going to be, which I think is part of the reason that the Suns are taking advantage of trying to get ahead of the game and get in front of some of these candidates that are out there so they can maybe secure something before this season or have it in process before the season ends and you start seeing... The other teams who decide to move on from their coaches opening up additional slots. Because I mean, right now there's three teams that are on interim coaches: mm-hmm. us, Memphis, and Milwaukee. Memphis is clearly not an option for uh, Fisdale.
0: Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think that's going to happen. Although that <laughs> that'd be kind of funny though, because they'd be like they'd be paying them twice. So yeah. just for sheer I mean, entertainment purposes. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know. I don't know why not. Is it legal Um, or is it against the rules of the NBA? Which one?
1: (laughs) I meant the rules of the NBA. I
0: don't think it's a crime if, you know.
1: No. (laughs) But, I mean, there's been – honestly, I don't know who else is out there who may – Hornets (coughs) Tech might be out of a job.
0: Did you Um, – oh, you're not implying bringing him back. You're just saying – No, no. I'm just – Gotcha.
1: I'm saying who could be in the running for some of these other – Yeah, I got you. So Hornets, that the Knicks might be open. I mean, the Lakers have been playing a lot better recently, so you think that Walton might be safe. But I, I, I can't you see never what, know, he I, wasn't hired by those guys. So. Yeah,
0: but I just can't see them. I mean, like you said, they've been playing well, uh, especially considering it's not like they're all that different of a roster from last season. Right. Uh, obviously, they have different pieces, but it's not like it was a complete makeover. They didn't pull a Boston and go get you know Kevin Garnett type player. But that that improvement, I mean, I just can't see them parting ways. Them if they did, I think that would be beneficial to the Suns because I would certainly be willing and uh, interested in hearing uh, you know w- what he would have to say if I were the Phoenix Suns in terms of you know bringing
1: him in for an interview and whatnot. Right. Um, I think Orlando maybe be uh, another destination, another uh, mm-hmm. location that may lose their coach, and I, I think a lot of those in sports media feel like um, Frank Vogel kind of got a raw deal over mm-hmm. there in Orlando because their ownership has fared worse than the Suns has with regards to roster construction over the last God knows how many years. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of keep putting. Bad players around him that he can only do so much with. So he he could, he could be an interesting candidate, and the Orlando job could also be a competing job. I don't I don't see anybody really in the in the playoff hunt getting rid of their coach. Mm-hmm. I it can happen like if there's somebody if a team like you know squeaks into the playoffs when they're expected to be you know a much higher seed, or you can have a David Blatt situation. So actually. Tran Lu could could be gone, <laughs> but God knows what that kind of that situation is going to be over there.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know that once LeBron flies the coop, that you know it's going to be all that enticing of a situation for a coach to go into. Particularly when he's also telling them, "Hey, you get to move to Cleveland." Did you ever see the hastily the made? Rocks. Have you ever seen the hastily made Cleveland uh, uh, tourism video? No. Google that. Okay. It's amazing. That's all. Okay. Okay, so so, so yeah. let me let me ask you this. So what what do you think though about McDonough coming out and making these comments today cuz I'm not going to say that you've been a, you know, a, a basher of Sarver and the front office in terms of how they handle finances, but you have had less than positive things to say about Criticism. them throughout history. Yeah does this give you any sense of comfort how do you react to this as a fan who's you know in 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 that perspective sitting it from that perspective
1: um it'll it'll be i think it'll be interesting i there's been enough instances that i'm not i won't believe it till i see it sure but at the same time they almost kind of took some leverage away from themselves which i was actually kind of surprised by in that they're like, yeah, we're willing to pay. So then no matter who they get, I mean like you said you're willing to pay, you want me. If if I'm the guy you want, you're gonna have to pay me. Not being able to get like, you know, even even like a guy who hasn't had head coaching experience Maybe and if they, if he's the guy they want, they have less leverage because they well, said, okay. "Hey, we're willing to open up the bank accounts on it."
0: I think the market's going to dictate that more than anything. I, I I I I hear you right now, and this is this is my interpretation of what you just said. Criticizing the Suns for now being willing to spend
1: too much money. <laughs> no, That's not what I'm saying. A bit of hyperbole, but I, only I'm, a bit. They, they should be willing to spend the money, but to come out. Before they even start negotiating with anybody, saying, yeah, we're willing to spend money this year, puts them at a disadvantage. Like, yes, be willing to spend the money if it takes what it takes but, but if they're to willing get to, the guy.
0: But if they're willing to spend the money, it's not really a disadvantage. It's not like they're losing anything by paying a guy money that they're willing to pay him. Uh, you know, I, 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 when they say that, I'm venturing to guess that doesn't mean that they're going to pay an NBA head coach $20 million a year. But – that certainly indicates them saying, Hey, we understand that we have a history of paying coaches low. So we're putting a message right. out there that, that we're not going to stand by that history that we've had over the past however many years, which in turn to me would would result in agents who get this, you know, request from the sun saying, Hey, we want to talk to this guy, being more inclined to say, Yeah, you should talk to them, because mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, based on what they're saying. They're not going to come through and try to lowball you like they're you know they have a reputation of doing. So I, I think it was a, I think I think it was a good move, and I think, frankly, based on the Suns' fan base, I think it was a smart move by them as well. Because, like you said, you'll believe it when you see it, but you at least want to hear it said, <laughs> if right. you will. Yeah,
1: uh, that's, you, that's true. It I mean, at least
0: takes it takes away some of that instilled belief that the Suns are going to be quote-unquote cheap when it comes to this search and perhaps puts a little bit of ease in the fans minds and again can't can't say they're officially doing it until they do it but it's better them saying it now it's better McDonough coming out and saying something like that now as opposed to just resting on his laurels and saying you know will the process play out as it as it does and you know, we'll 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 um, handle it internally. Yada yada yada. You know, reg, regular GM speak, which, as we've all become accustomed to, Ryan McDonough's not exactly a big fan of.
1: Right. Well, so so then when uh, Jay Triano is coach next year, and he's got the second lowest coaching salary in the NBA. One thing I I will <laughs> w-
0: would be willing to maybe not bet my entire you know. Savings on, but would be willing to bet quite a bit of money on is that Jay Triana will not be the sense head coach next year.
1: I'd probably bet some good money on that too. I can't see having a team that has is the worst record in the NBA. I mean, granted, Philly has been very like they've had a situation where they have actively tried to be the worst team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And so they've kept their coach on and I kind of feel bad for him because like he's now got this giant hole of losses that he has to dig himself out of to make it look like he's a good coach. But I can't see the Suns kind of going that same route.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I just, I, Triano hasn't shown enough with this team and obviously the team has shortcomings. No one's going to deny that. But he hasn't shown enough with this team to earn a head right. coaching job ahead of guys who might be out there. And speaking of which, Paul.
1: Speaking of which.
0: And, and you know, we've, we're, we're, we're getting low on time here, so maybe we won't go into a whole lot of detail about this. But why don't you throw out some names outside of Fizz who maybe you think could potentially – be on that list of guys that the Suns are going to uh, take a serious, long, hard look at when it comes to their head coach uh, next season, and and for the hopefully foreseeable future. Uh, and perhaps then we can add that to the list of things that we can delve into a bit further in a future in our episode prediction
1: podcast. Yeah. So, a couple of names that have popped up repeatedly are, well, the one name's popped up that actually says he has interest, is um, Jason Kidd. Hard no. Um, I know the Suns have had had interest in the past in uh, Jay Wright out of, out of Villanova, so I wouldn't be surprised if they take a swing at him again this year as well, particularly if he, depending on how this season goes for him, how the tournament wraps up. Um. I know some names that have been thrown out by various bloggers and other um, websites and out. I've seen Becky Hammond's name come across. That could be very interesting um, out of San Antonio. I know she's, mm-hmm. she's done really well as an assistant mm-hmm. over there and she deserves a shot. I mean it's definitely something that is – would definitely be out of the norm and it would be a risk. I don't know if – McDonough really wants to take that much of a risk when his shot's sure. on the line but um, it, it would definitely be an interesting move and it would get the Suns some very positive at least in the in the initial hiring of it get some very 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 positive um, press mm-hmm. which, which can't hurt it kind of gives you a little bit of cushion and leeway to allow that coach to kind of grow into her own I've also heard, uh, oh, um, obviously some old son's assistants. Marley's name has popped up. Um, Igor Kursh, I can never pronounce his last name. Um, Igor K. Igor K. I know he's uh, another name that's popped up of just a coach who has paid his dues and deserves a shot at, at a head coaching position. And Has appears to have really strong potential.
0: (laughs) What is that? (laughs) That is my dishwasher. (laughs) Your dishwasher plays music? It does when it's done. A beep is not sufficient? No, no. I'm fancy. Apparently so. (laughs) Suddenly I feel like something's missing in my life, and that is a dishwasher that plays music when it's complete.
1: Anyway... Anyway, I think that's enough names for me to throw out. Are yeah. there any others that you were thinking of that maybe I didn't bring uh,
0: up? You know, we had discussed briefly before we started recording David Blatt. Um, you know, he has a, a track record of success overseas. Oh,
1: I forgot about him. Um,
0: and, you know, when he was – uh, fired by cleveland it's not like he was failing miserably they were first in the east at the time um, right i
1: mean and on the other side of that when he was actually hired by cleveland he was hired to be a coach of a young roster right so that's right. what he, like that's what they wanted to bring him in to do that's what they thought he could do yeah so it'd be interesting to see him get another shot and you know i'll, I'll say this and about
0: lebron wrong <laughs> a- amen brother amen <laughs> um Got I'll, you on I'll, I'll, I'll say this about two of the guys that you mentioned, uh Jason Kidd, first of all, like I said, hard no on him and and the reason being n- not because of any of the history he has with the Suns and all of that and the you know domestic violence, I mean that's obviously an issue um but it's that's you know a, a long time ago and obviously he's had opportunities in the league since then. but when y- you have a guy who's been fired by the nets and by the bucks. I feel like maybe that's not exactly the type of coach that you want to bring into a young, still developing, upcoming franchise, uh, because those franchises themselves don't exactly have a long history of you know winning traditions
1: and stability.
0: Um, right, um, Jay Wright. I'm intrigued by the thing that gives me pause with him is that the track record of referees, referees? What time is it? I'm tired. It's been a long day. The track record of college coaches making the transition to the NBA isn't exactly stellar. I mean, obviously, Brad Stevens is doing a good job of it. Billy Donovan right now is doing a good job of it, but he came into a situation that's much different than what the Suns are dealing with. Right. But then you look back at guys like Patino, who went from college to the NBA, back to college. You look at guys like uh, Calipari, who college nba back to college so that's that's really the 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 primary thing that gives me pause about that but you know to really make a educated commentary about him i'd I'd have to look more at you know his his schemes and and all that type of stuff right and you can also look a little bit
1: at his like attitude mm
0: -hmm.
1: just as as a coach i see like when you brought up calipari and you brought up patino those guys had a personality. You know, they were they were cult of personality, um, in in their roles as college coaches, and that's part of the reason they didn't succeed as NBA coaches because the coach holds a different role and a different prominence and whatnot. I don't. I feel like uh, Jay Wright's personality falls more in the mold of say like a billy donovan and a brad stevens which could transition better to the nba than those other guys did years back
0: no that makes sense i see where you're coming from it's not like he's the the type of guy who's you know this this larger than life personality who you know is is really um you know overshadows almost the entire program that that he's he's operating that he's running i i see what you're saying there and Personality-wise, perhaps it, it, it could work out. But um, again, we'll, we'll perhaps delve into that as that entire situation develops. So, Paul, homework for the next episode or at some point in the future. We get to remake the Suns franchise as we want to see it or at as least as we perhaps are seeing it through our magical little crystal balls we going have into to next be realistic year.
1: Realistic here.
0: right no the time machine thing i was not (laughs) not serious about
1: 2017 or 16 uh, olympic roster
0: okay um and then uh you know we'll 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 go through more of the 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 coaching stuff as well i'm sure um in the in the coming weeks but to close out any any final thoughts comments or anything like that paul
1: um i just want to uh thank our listeners for continuing to listen and we're, our downloads have been growing, so I'm glad to see that there are some new listeners coming in. So, um, thank you for uh, checking us out. Yes, and,
0: and tell your friends. Tell yeah. your friends. Tell your friends. So, um, go yeah, to no, the
1: Verizon store and just like sign us up at, on every yeah, phone. Just in there. start.
0: Just start. <laughs> just start subscribing. Just go to town. Make sure you click the automatic download. What are you doing over there now? <laughs> I'm here. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to you know, like cut all that out. I just got big sniffles and everything. That was awkward. Okay. So at any rate, uh, as always, uh, thank you again for listening. Tell your friends. Uh, you can catch uh, me on Twitter at So Says Paul, at Dervish of World. and the podcast that sends out earth-shattering <laughs> tweets at least once a week is at Fan the Flames at BA. And as always, again, thank you for listening to the podcast of Optimism. And until next time, depending on when you're listening, have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening.
1: It was a run by fruiting.